Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. It's Midge, your host, and today we're having a wacky doodle day. So instead of me talking about me or the book, or having a guest that I'm going to interview, my publisher, the award-winning author, nationally recognized speaker, and savvy publishing strategist, Jen T. Grace, is with me. She is the founder of Publisher Purpose, the acclaimed hybrid publishing company that gives first-time authors the secrets to getting their books written, finding an eager audience, and marketing their place in the publishing world. She is the author of, get this people, seven books. Books. (laughs) Books. <laughs> I nearly didn't survive my one, but she's up to seven books. And this latest book is called Publish Your Purpose. And she gives you the step by step guide to write, publish, and grow your big idea. And I can tell you, and I told Amazon, although they haven't done it yet, but my review for this book is that it works. It works because you know I have published and it is launching my book, Gay with God, Reclaiming My Faith, Honoring My Story, this Wednesday. But today, Jen is here not to talk about Jen, although you can find her in another episode that I did with Jen on March, I think it was 7th. I'm not sure, but it's in March. You can look it up. And um, she was there and I interviewed her, but today she is here solely. Her purpose is to be curious, she said, (laughs) and to interview me. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to Jen and then I'm going to be the recipient of the questions. So hang on, everybody. We'll see what happens. I love this. So number one, I love that you have no idea what my engine is. I really is. don't. And you, we talked about it and you said, I just want to ask questions and I'll tell you when I get there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm coming from a place of curiosity. So that's my, my frame. But I also want to acknowledge that we are book launch twins. Like how yes. fun is that? It's I think so this might fun. be the first time I have a book launch twin and how perfect is how this perfect. that the books are out on Wednesday. Amazing. That's right. And one more plug, people look on my Facebook because you'll see the, the um, what is it called? The launch day. Uh, book launch celebration. Celebration. And Jen in her in her way, because this is Jen T. Grace, she didn't just have her own launch. She wants to bring all of us authors on to launch with her. So that is just the most generous and amazing, loving thing I've ever seen. So we're going to do this again, sort of like on Wednesday. And then I think October 25th, I'm going to be on your publish your purpose and I'm going to be interviewed again. I'm getting used to it. Maybe we'll see after today. We'll see. I show up to the other two. I know. I know. Honestly, you showed up in Hartford very bravely with, without a lot of detail as well. I did. I did. I applaud that. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So there you go, girl. (laughs) All right. So I love that I get to take over your podcast because we can go longer, right? Because on, on, when I interview you on mine, you know, we got like 20, 30 minutes or so here, your, your people already know you. Like they really know you and there's a a benefit and a value to that. So I am wonderfully holding your book. So I'm sure you've already kind of talked about this a little bit on, Mm -hmm. on your podcast, because I know that you've been 
kind of giving your listeners updates kind of along the way and making right. sure that they're they're familiar with your your road to authorship. Right. But I want to know what the first inkling of knowing that you had a story that you felt was worthy of sharing. Like what was that first seed planted? Was it somebody else planting the seed? Was it just some kind of aha moment one day where you're like, ah, I don't want to do this, but I feel like I had, I'm compelled to do it. That's a great place to start, Jen. So uh, no, I never considered uh, writing this particular book. When I was younger, I wanted to be an author and I really thought I would be like um, John Boy Walton. He was my hero (laughs) and I wanted to be John Boy and be uh, an author and I never thought, and I did a couple of the children's books, you know, I, I did my children's books and, but I never thought that I had what it would take to write this many words. Mm-hmm. And so I never even considered it until I was on my friend, um, Charles Britton, he and his friends have a podcast and he had me come on and talk about my, my gay with God podcast. And as I was telling some stories and they were asking me questions, they said, well, when are you writing the book and when does it come out and who's going to play you in the movie? <laughs> and I just <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed. And they said, no, really. And then after we stopped the podcast, they said, no, really, you need to write this story. Other people need to hear it. And that's when it started kind of brewing. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how I met you in order to get into that first author lab. It, I don't know how that came across my my awareness, but all of a sudden there was this author lab that was offered and it was free. And I thought, well, I could just lean in and see mm-hmm. what that's like. And maybe, maybe I'll learn something because I had no idea how to do anything bigger than a children's book. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it started. Wow. And how long ago was that conversation, you being on that podcast? It was, pro- well, it was, it was probably in 2020, uh, okay. going into 2021 because the author lab is so f- freaking interesting how that happens <laughs> in the universe that we had that podcast, we did that. And then the author lab came up and I started my first author lab. I've done two. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> making them free <laughs> in 2021. Yeah. Wow. Is It's so fascinating that like once the intention is set and it's yes. just somewhere, even if you haven't declared it publicly, although it sounds like they declared it publicly for they you. Did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> but like the, them. just the, like the, the steps and the, the pieces of the puzzle just start to slowly kind of appear yeah. in front of you, even without yeah. any conscious awareness of trying to find that next step. I love right. when that happens. I do too. I do too. And I've learned to kind of trust it, to lean mm-hmm. into those those nudges or those pulls or the slaps mm-hmm. upside the head. You know, it's really interesting. You, we really need to get that first little inkling and just go with it to save ourselves mm-hmm. some grief later on. But yeah. I would yeah. agree. Cause it's like that adage where it's like, first, first the universe is going to throw some, like a grain of sand, then it's going to be a pebble, then it's a yeah. rock. And all of a sudden you're getting knocked over with a boulder. Right. Because right, you right. just listen to the call the first 25 right. times the universe was trying to be delicate and, you know, move <laughs> you into that direction. Finally, it's like, listen, we're just going to have to hit her with a boulder to get her to move in the direction yeah, that we, yeah. we see needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that your author lab came along so that I, I didn't have to get the boulder. At least I started leaning <laughs> in before. Mm-hmm. And you did. And you were a really active participant, which is fantastic. Because I always think that, you know, like if someone, especially when things are free, right? There's mm-hmm. always this like weird, I don't want to say catch 22, but like sometimes like when something's free, like someone doesn't fully have the commitment to show up and do it. Absolutely. But like you showed up. You did it and you did it twice. And yeah. 
you know, clearly fast forward, not that long in time, because like I have worked with people that it has been 30 years that they've been sitting on the story and, you know, they've, they've been hit with the boulder many times over, but they still weren't ready to do it because it takes courage. It takes vulnerability. It takes a lot of getting out of our comfort zones to get Mm -hmm. there. But so if we go from 2020 that you have this conversation to fall of 2023 to have your book out. That is a remarkably quick period of time, as much as I know for a fact that you do not feel that way. Yeah. Well, it did seem quite lengthy there for a while, and I thought I would never be able to do it. But Sue told her friend last night, she said, yeah, she said she was a month ahead in production because she's OCD. (laughs) But I also... But I also had this, this, I have this time clock, I think, running inside of me that I don't have enough time and mm-hmm. I needed to get this done and I, I needed to get it done now. And now is not helpful in the publishing of a book because <laughs> you're, you're not, it's not just you. I could be my little rabbit and get everything done, turned in and done and all that kind of stuff. But you rely on other people like talented people, like cover designers and you know, all these other things that have to happen outside of you writing. So you can write it, but to go through all the edits and the proofreading and the covers, and it's a lengthy process. And that's why I'm so grateful I found you because the team that you put together is just amazing for us to to write these books and to have a quality book at the end. And I don't think I could have done it by myself. I'm pretty sure I couldn't have made it this far and done it this well. Yeah. And your cover, I love <laughs> Love, love, love you, cover. And I know your listeners have seen it, but I'm going to show it up anyway because I feel like a proud mom right now. Like it just it came out so good. I just I love your font, and I love how. So for anyone who has not, um, you know, pre-ordered it, like mm-hmm. you know, and the episode comes out today, correct? Because it's mm-hmm. Media Monday. Yes. Yes. So they have two days to to get it in. But like even just how the chapters, you know, yeah. start with the hands, like it's just like a nice little sense of cohesion from start to finish that I that I very much love. Yeah. And so, oh, there's so many things I could ask. Okay, so <laughs> I want to know, like, again, this is talking to your listeners, not necessarily me. I'm just the one asking the question. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the the best part about writing this book, whether it was anything writing related or production? But like, what was the, the part that like really lit you up? Mm. Let's see. For me, I got I got lit up when I actually started putting the the words on the page. Mm. And I went through that. I've told this story many times to other people that there was a day when I was actually in the writing academy that I after I did my free stint, I wanted to be in the writing academy and really get the the extra help I needed. And you asked me one day, <clears throat> So Midge, what's your word count? <laughs> and I said, well, I haven't written part four yet, but it's 98,000 words. <laughs> yeah, and it, I remember that day. Yeah. And I remember your face <laughs> and she did everything she could not to look shocked, but she did not pull it off. And she's thinking, oh my God. <laughs> so um, I think just being able to, in the early stages of the author lab, when we were going to be writing a 33,000 word manuscript and I I just started writing and it was flowing and I just couldn't stop and I thought oh my gosh I might really make this word count I might get to 33 and then <laughs> later on it was like 98 and I told people the other day don't worry you don't need a wheelbarrow or a loan I did <laughs> I did get through part four I did whittle it down but being able to just go through that flow of writing I've never been in the flow 
and mm. not been able to to experience how that felt. And it mm. felt very freeing. And sometimes I had to stop because as you said, it gets emotional and it brings up a lot of painful things that you think you've dealt with. And so I did have to sometimes just quit and pace myself. But um, that when you're in that flow of writing, there's nothing, there's nothing that compares to that. And so even in all the past things that you've done, whether it's, you know, writing, I don't know, short form articles for things mm-hmm. or blog posts for things like mm-hmm. nothing, there's really no comparison to kind of just blurting it all out on page on the page. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Because those are, those are topic based. You know, mm. this was almost like a journal. I think I, I almost took it as a journal since it was the memoir. It wasn't based in, you know, go reference these facts. Now I did reference some facts with my mother who was sometimes helpful and sometimes not, but cause she couldn't remember, <laughs> but <laughs> certain things, but um, yeah. um, it was just, it was just so beautiful to be in that space of writing and knowing that it was, it was coming out of me and it was my story, you know? Yeah. And- mm-hmm. mm. I love that state of flow. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't even always come you know, like some, like even in writing just a, like a nonfiction book, that's not necessarily specifically your story, like a memoir. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like it, it's like the faucet turns on, starts to come out. And then all of a sudden it's like, Nope, we're, we're stopping. Like there, there's yeah. like some, and, you know, sometimes that's our mindset that stops it. Sometimes it's just being tired from doing it. Sometimes we're triggered by it. Like there's so many reasons mm-hmm. why that faucet can turn off. Mm-hmm. So I love that it was just kind of free flowing clearly because it got you to that work, like that number. <laughs> and I remember it so vividly because I, I, because you were so like, okay, I can get to 33. It was, su- it was such like a, like, I can do this. I can get to 33. And then to be almost at a hundred thousand, I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, where, <laughs> where did we go from? From like, I, I'm not a hundred percent. I can get to this number mm-hmm. to having three times that amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a, a very entertaining day and I don't have a <laughs> poker face. Like I, I just, I don't have a poker face, which is why I was like, okay, okay. okay. Let's recalibrate because then it's like a matter of recalibration, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, all right. This is what we thought was happening. This is what's actually happening. Let's mm-hmm. try to reconfigure and figure out how to proceed from here. So that kind of lends to the question of, how? Because again, your listeners, they know you well. You've got a lot of very loyal, dedicated people who listen to this and love what you're up to. I know there's a lot of stories that came out because you, you know, and I don't even remember the exact word count size, what we landed on. Do you remember? By I think chance? it's like, like 53 or 55. Yes. Yeah, so you ended up chopping out a good 40,000 words. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a whole other book. Literally, that's a whole second book. So, <laughs> and I know it was a painful process. There is that. So- mm-hmm. How did you decide like what stayed and what, like what, yeah, what stayed and what go like went from, from what you had originally included? Like how difficult was that? Do you like, you know, just anything in that vein? It was, it was difficult because every story resonated with me on a different level. And then I realized that my ultimate goal was to get this manuscript or this b- book in the hands of people who were struggling like I was. And so I needed to kind of zero in and focus on what was my actual point. It wasn't just to purge all of the things that I had been through. My point was to help people who are choosing to reclaim their faith and that will have the opportunity to honor the story of, you know, their struggle, their suicidal thoughts, their, their unableness to, lean back into church. If they're really wanting to do that, I need to make this available to them and not have it be 
something that they can't afford because, <laughs> you know, it's going to cost a lot more at 98000 plus. <laughs> so I I needed to just take the a look at the stories and think, you know, I do want some of those in there because that is my story, but I don't have to have all of them in there. How can I whittle them down to make them more succinct? And we talked about that a lot, in, you know, with Brandy and, and how to, you know, edit out and then edit again and make it really succinct. And so it was through that group process of with Brandy's help to to just look at something I was writing and thinking, does it really honor the reclaiming the faith, the coming out and the faith journey, or is it just extra? Even mm-hmm. though it's meaningful, is it extra? And mm-hmm. so I had to sort of trim it and get mm-hmm. rid of the extra and find another place for it. And hopefully somewhere on my website, I'll have the untold stories or the adventures of the lesbian Aries. <laughs> Not sure what we're going with at this point, but, <laughs> but there are, there are other places for that to be content and it didn't all need to be in this book. Yeah. Well, when you were in Hartford at the Mark Twain house with me and debuting gay with God, mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel fortunate that we had plenty of time to spend together yes. and I feel like we got the group of us got some untold stories. Yes, you did. <laughs> and we created more. <laughs> we sure did. We sure did a little bit of debauchery, which is always healthy, <laughs> right? Just a little dose of it. Yes. So I think that is a beautiful thing, right? Because like, you're obviously sharing these stories because people who already know you and friends and people who are close to you, like they have those inside stories, even your podcast listeners, I'm sure have some of the stories that were that didn't actually yes. make it into the book. Absolutely. But is there one or a, a, a select number of them that like were really difficult to say like, okay, this isn't reclaiming my faith. Like this, is this doesn't fit into this theme. Like were, was there anyone in particular that you're really still like, oh, I wish I, there was a way to have made that one fit. There's not a story that I really wanted to have it fit, but there was a story that would have been authentically good in the, in the book. I chose not to put it in there because if the person that it's about ever reads this book, mm-hmm. she will know something about her family that she shouldn't know until, mm-hmm. and I, it, that would not be the format for her to find out about this. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very early on for me understanding that, I could not be in a relationship with a man and I just didn't know why. Mm. And it it was not, this incident was not because of that. I, I couldn't have been with a man period anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was very evident from very early on. <laughs> I would have no idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. <laughs> but telling that story that just kind of made it even more solidified for me mm. that this is uncomfortable and I can't be in this situation um, it, it would break her heart mm-hmm. and it would put her in a space of such, um, I don't know, it would be a bad space for her. Mm-hmm. So even though it was initially in the book and, um, when I was thinking it through, not only did I, I know that it wasn't necessarily relevant. I mean, there are other things that can lean into that area, but, um, I just couldn't do that to her. And that's not my story to tell. And there were several things, even with, you know, situations with my grandma and situations with, you know, my mom, there was a thin line between honoring my story and my experience and not hurting other people. Mm -hmm. And I really struggle with that one as Mm -hmm. to, you know, how, 
how will this be perceived by people that I love? Because even though I've been hurt by people that I love, I still love them Mm -hmm. and I don't want to hurt them. And so when you write a memoir to be authentic and to be raw and to be honest, there's a line that is sort of hard to, to gauge whether or not you're hurting people and whether or not you're just really honoring your story. And I had to make those choices all the way through the memoir. And yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. Time we are will tell. <laughs> days before it's available for everybody else. Um, which, yeah, it's scary, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a scary position to be in. But you just, you articulated it so clearly of just that fine line that authors have to balance of what is my story to share versus what is someone else's story to share. Mm-hmm. And you know, thankfully through the a proper editing process and working with a, a skilled editor, yes. they're able to help you kind of resolve those areas where maybe to you, the author, it's not crystal clear of like, okay, wait, is that my story or is that someone else's? Like, cause sometimes it does feel like one lumped story and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, I was there. This was happening to me. That's right. But yet at the same time, it's not my story to share. So it is a very, it's kind of, it's very trippy to kind of mm-hmm. think about because you're like, well, hi, this is like, it happened to me. Like, how is this not my story to share? Right. But in many instances, it's not. And it is a fine balance because then if you do share something that is out of turn, then you're going to have backlash to that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, potentially the reader or listener to it is not going to, they're not going to feel the same way about you as the author because they can see that you're sharing something that doesn't belong to you. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It makes perfect sense tricky. to me. Yeah, it is tricky. And um, sharing the you know, one of the reviews that I got was from a spiritual director uh, that I had as I was going through this process. And I'd had it, I I had her in place before I started actually writing the memoir. And I asked her to write a review and she was more than willing to do that. And she asked for all of it to review, Mm -hmm. which I gave her. And, and then I asked her because she was very, she was very kind and very open about how much she loved it. And then I said, you know, talked about being worried about how this will Mm -hmm. land, especially with family members. And she said, well, that's interesting that you asked that question because I thought it was just so, so awesome. And I never, there was nothing you wrote in the memoir that went where I had the reaction. Oh my God, I can't believe she told that story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, that's good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So she, she didn't think that there was anything that was, um, you know, too much so to speak, mm-hmm. that it's, and, and the moments of grace that I put in the end of the chapters, um, she felt like that was a perfect way for me to, to come full circle and to mm-hmm. have experienced that. And then to also be able to look back and give grace to people who injured me in some way, whether they meant to or not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I wanted to do that moment of grace after every chapter, because it not only did I need to let them know that I see them, and I know what they were going through and why they then did things that, that hurt me. But it, it, so I need, I just needed to, to give the grace back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And so obviously there's the, the hard ones that didn't make it into the book. There's the hard ones that did make it into the book. Yes. <laughs> so was there any one particular section or particular chapter that was the hardest for you to get through, whether oh it was God. from like an emotional level is kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. The last part, part four is when I finally meet my beloved and mm-hmm. we have to start walking that journey. And the hardest part of all was um, it's called broken trust, a chapter called broken trust. 
And it was heart-wrenching to relive that. Mm-hmm. And my wife hasn't even read it. She, um, I've read her certain things out of the book and we did talk about it. We talked about that section and her first comment was, why does that have to be in the book? Why, why would you tell that? And I said, because this is the most pivotal time in our lives that we almost weren't together. I said, this was the time that this could have all blown up. And um, it was a really painful time. And it still is to go back and think about that time and, and, and to see where I was at. You know, I always, my only goal in life ever is to be, (laughs) to be a kind person and to, to be helpful um, and to not hurt people. And, and in that situation, I broke trust with her mom. I broke Mm -hmm. trust with Sue. You know, it was just, it was not my best moment. And yet it was the only thing I knew to do. There was no other way I could have done it. And for us to still be together after all of these years Mm -hmm. is amazing that we made it through the first part of my not knowing who the heck I was. (laughs) And then after knowing who I was, but uh, in that not knowing years, there were seven years that, um, she was devoted to me and loved me and knew she just knew in her soul that we were meant to be together and that she would not give up mm-hmm. not in a controlling weird way, but just that she was holding space for me to come to my own realization. Yeah. And that almost didn't happen. Yeah. It's chapter 18 broken trust <laughs> for the, those paying attention. You might want to jump right in here. for the juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and there were times that I did have to quit writing and it, no, during that section. And there were times that I thought maybe I shouldn't even publish this. You know, after mm-hmm. all I'd put into it, I'm like, this is going to be too much. But. Mm-hmm. And do you feel, so here's like another balance that I think a lot of times has to be struck too is does this story need to be in there to further the plot line Mm. Or does the story need to be in there because I, as the author, feel a powerful and strong reason for including it? And it's not necessarily the same question from before about like thematically does it fit, but like sometimes it's like I I have to I have to include this because I have to work through something within mm. me that exposes myself for whatever it is the thing that I did right because sometimes like stories don't paint us as the author as the author in a positive light sometimes oh, no, no. they don't. Sometimes they don't. Yep. And it sounds like this is one of those times. Yep, 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 yep. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, th- for this for this moment, I was identifying with the person early on in in the author lab. You talked about, or maybe it was the academy, but you talked about getting a picture of the person you're writing this for mm-hmm. and putting them in front of you, so that you don't worry about all of the people who will read it, but just who is that one person that you think this book is for. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about that one person. I thought about the person who was struggling so hard that they absolutely couldn't figure out they were gay. It was the person who was damaged. It's the person that was struggling and that did things during that struggle that they're not proud of. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if I can't show that I did that struggle, then this memoir is just fluff. You know, if I come off like I know everything or that that I never went through nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, I have been through the most painful parts of my life was trying to figure out if I was gay. Mm -hmm. And the second painful part of my life was how am I going to live with that knowledge of what I was taught in church that I would go to hell for that Mm -hmm. and still stand on my feet. 
you know, and if I didn't reveal those things, if I didn't talk about that in the book, then they couldn't identify that I know that they're going through that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially that universal struggle of coming out, Mm. right? Because I feel like there's, I don't want to say always, but it seems to be a pattern that there is a period of severe self-hatred and homophobia, like internalized homophobia. Absolutely. Before that kind of that tipping point where you're like, oh shit, like I actually, this is who I am. I'm like, you're projecting it onto somebody else. Oh, absolutely. And I think that like when someone's in it, you know, whether they're 13 and in it or 63 and in it, it doesn't really matter. So it's, you know, and that is not usually when we're at our finest. Right. right. Like we are not the, we're not the most happy people. We're not the best people to be around in those moments. So to share that, I think is really vulnerable, but it does kind of resonate and relate to your, your readers who are also Mm -hmm. somewhere in there, or again, listeners who are in there kind of struggling with it on their own. You know, like there has to be that, that kind of like universal truth to the matter, even if it paints us in a bad light as an author. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what, and when I talked to her about that, she said, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And she walked away <laughs> and she will and she and I said something to her one time I said I said do you want to read the book she said I do want to read the book she said but I don't know if I will read the book because mm-hmm. I don't I lived it mm-hmm. and I don't need to relive it mm-hmm. and that may stand true and it may not but um you know, we've been through some things in the last few years. So, you know, mm-hmm. this this was a lot to put on our plate as far as to go through again uh, mm-hmm. after everything, you know, that we're dealing with. But um, she's always been super supportive. She absolutely understands that when I feel called to do something, that there's mm-hmm. a purpose behind it. And we might not know it in the beginning, but we always find out what it is later. And this was a calling and I mm-hmm. couldn't. Yeah, I didn't know it until Charles and Chris said, "Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> when's your book coming out?" Um, yeah. But once that pl- that seed got planted, I just could not stop. Yeah, and what what was okay? So Sue did not read it in its entirety, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting because I think sometimes a spouse, former spouse, whomever it might be, partner may want to read something beforehand, or you want to give them the courtesy. So for example, mm-hmm. when my memoir came out a couple of years ago, I made sure that my ex-wife was the first one I handed it to before it was live to be like, this is not, this was our story. Cause it was not mm-hmm. just my story at all. I did everything I could to frame it from my perspective. However, she's all of part three. So like there was no avoiding it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she read it in a weekend, like over practically overnight. I gave it to her in the afternoon, like the following morning, she's like, all wow. Right, um, which, and she, you know, not, um, not even like a, like a super fast or big reader, right? Like, mm-hmm. just cause it, like, I feel like, you know, some people love reading others. So I like, can't, yeah, I'll read it if it's good. Um, mm-hmm. and I did that for me, right. That was for me to be able to be like, okay, I am giving her the first experience with it to know what is coming and what backlash may occur as a result of putting this work into the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we end up having a very good heart to heart conversation as a result. So that was good. Okay. But there are people in situations where your memoir comes out and then your person is like, eh, I don't need to read it. Cause I've already, I've already been there. I've already lived it. When you were writing, especially in the kind of those, the throes of it, because you mm-hmm. did prolifically write 98,000 words, <laughs> right? Like that didn't yeah. just like, I'm out of nowhere. There was a lot of right. sitting down, a lot of yes. dedicated time. There was being in, you know, in the the writing cohort with PYP, but then beyond that, you and Monica meeting all the time. Mm-hmm. So where did 
Sue come into play in this? Like, did she just kind of like leave you be to do your thing? Um, was it like a conversation? Like, would you go to her and say like, hey, I'm trying to write this. I'm struggling with it. Like, what what, what was the dynamic kind of throughout this process? Well, the writing time that I chose was when she was at work. Because then, because I work from home and I have a very flexible schedule, I could sometimes write for three hours. Mm-hmm. And I would write for three hours. And um, and then when she would come home, I would kind of say, hey, I wrote about this today. And we would talk about it. And she was, oh, that's cool. That's funny. Are you going to put this in it? And she would give me suggestions. She'd say, hey, mm-hmm. did you put in the <laughs> this story? And I'm like, yes, I did. And, and then later that story might have come out and I'd tell her why. And she goes, oh, that's too bad. She said, but that was that was a good story. But that that's I, I get it. It's not it's not part of the, the theme. Right. And I'm like, right. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and then there were times, especially like with that one. Uh, chapter 18 my that was so traumatic that my memory is very weird about that I I couldn't remember the order that things came in I couldn't remember you know when I was kicked out of my uncle's house I couldn't remember um when I when I broke the trust in the worst way possible I couldn't remember any of that as far as the order I remembered it but it, then it became like this moving picture in my head and I couldn't nail down the details and so we talked about that twice There was one time when I was first writing it and I talked about it and then something got later on in the memoir when I, when I was writing other things, it's like, now, wait a minute. If I'm started writing something else, I thought, Oh wait, that doesn't match up with what, what the timeline was. So I went to her again and she said, do we have to talk about this again? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) That would be very helpful if you could. And so then we went through it again and we came up with together because I think we both basically blocked it out. And um, so we both came down with the timeline that we felt was right. And mm-hmm. and that is what we share with the world. <laughs> so she was involved. Like if I needed to read something to her and, and say, I need to read this to you and you tell me if it sounds clear, if it sounds good. And it wasn't ever the really sketchy stuff that you know, <laughs> wasn't ever chapter 18. But um, I, I did read parts of that to her. But um, she was always available for me to read something out loud and for her to give me some feedback about, well, that doesn't sound right or that's not clear. And so she was very good about giving me, you know, really good feedback. Mm. It, it seemed like it was, whether it was willing or unwilling, she didn't really have much <laughs> of a choice. <laughs> she, she says she doesn't have choices. She, she thinks I'm the boss, but I'm not so sure if that's true. <laughs> but many other people sometimes think I'm the boss, but um, I don't feel like the boss. However, I am an Aries, so we do have fire and we do have yeah, And what is her sign? <laughs> She's a Leo. Okay. Okay. So that's two fiery, fiery situations yeah. occurring. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you're both the boss. <laughs> I, I do believe that we are. I mean, and, but we have that blend. We've always had that blend of when, you know, she has a very specific skill set that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And you know, so we blend in how we can pull each other to the middle a little bit sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, she's very um, internal, um, not extrovert at all, doesn't like the limelight. She, it just about <laughs> when I, when I got my proof copies and we were up at the cabin and I did a video and I pulled her in and you can just see that she's like the most Here. uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> she, she was not happy about that. I mean, she she was willing to do it because she knew that I, I wanted her to. But that's that's her her kryptonite that if I want it, you know, she she will do everything in her power to make that happen. But um, 
Yeah, because she she loves me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even beyond her comfort zone. She's That's like, right. right. She she needs, let me give her a win today. <laughs> yeah, I'll go do the herd open mic event at the brewery and I'm on the stage and she's as far back across the floor as she can get way in the back corner. <laughs> yeah, yep. she wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, don't understandable. Pull her on stage. <laughs> yeah, opposites attract, right? We, right? we all know that. Yeah. So, kind of in this vein of like just kind of celebration, right? So, you got your proof copy, it came in the mail. Like, what was that moment of just kind of like feeling this 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 thing of beauty for the first time? <laughs> like, what what went through your mind as you were like opening the box? I was like giddy thrilled. I was just so excited. And it was like a culmination of all of the work and all of the feelings and everything. It was a tangible, evident product that I could say, I did it. You know, I've, I did it. And I was just, I was really proud that I hung in through the tough times and I was really proud that I took the risk and, um, I just thrilled that it was over. <laughs> that no one, no one will ask me to proof it one more time. <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully, it's right. <laughs> As the OCD girl, you know, letting this go anyway. I mean, to to be able to say, okay, fine, I'll just sign off on it without mm-hmm. knowing for sure if I caught everything. Because every time mm-hmm. I looked at it, I caught something. And Always. I had just to say to Alexander, do not send me one more thing to prove. <laughs> <laughs> just take it or I will never publish it. I'll be 104 and I'll still go, well, wait a minute. Let me look at it one more time. <laughs> Were my warnings adequate enough when I, when I said at the start of this that you will be just I don't want to say angry, but just annoyed with it. You will never want to look at it again. You will have to read it at least two dozen times and you're going to be fatigued. Was that enough or should I warn even more? I don't think, I think it was enough because at least it resonated when I was feeling almost not hatred for my beloved book. Close, close. It was close. And I'm like, I don't want to read it again. (laughs) And I was like, Jen told us this would happen. I didn't quite believe her at the time, but I'm a Mm -hmm. believer now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, I was just absolutely thrilled. I was so excited that we got to that point. And I say we, because with all of the help that I had, I sometimes think that instead of just Midge Noble, we need to have a whole lot of other names down here. Everybody made it better. A hundred percent. It is. Yeah, that is. There's a lot in here. Like as I'm looking at it now, like there's, it's a lot. It is definitely a lot, but it's amazing at the same time. And so there is a celebratory component to it. There is the, you know, like the, like to me, I always use the word shrieking because for me, it's like a a shriek as I see the box arrive. And I shriek when I see someone else's book arrive. I feel so like fortunate that I got, you physically handed me this copy. Like, yes, usually because I'm not, you know, geographically located next to everybody is that I, it comes in the mail and I shriek when I open it because it's (laughs) written to me. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best day ever. But yeah, I actually got to, you handed it to me and we have like pictures of us with you signing your book and it's very, very festive and exciting, which is awesome. And that doesn't always happen. Yeah, that was my favorite part, um, being able to be there with you guys and sign it in person, because mm-hmm. that's, um, you guys are the reason it's here. I mean, mm-hmm. if not for you to begin with and, and the whole team at PYP, I, I promise you, I probably wouldn't have made it through the whole experience. It's It was this, this ability to be in community with each other and mm-hmm. to struggle together and to, you know, all the other writers that gave me feedback, everybody that had a piece of this 
you know, this amazing memoir is just, it started with you and your belief in the project, because, you know, that's where it had to start. Like if Mm -hmm. I pitched this story to you and you thought, "Mm, no, (laughs) sorry, I would have stopped. I probably would have stopped because even though I had the passion, like I knew that, that I needed to write it. I've done children's books before with the, the, the not reputable Mm-hmm. publishers that you warned us about in the author lab but it was already done I couldn't take it back I now mm-hmm. know who they are <laughs> and why it probably didn't go as well um and and so I probably wouldn't have tried to self-publish again and mm-hmm. I needed to have somebody that I trusted and mm-hmm. with going through the author lab with you we built that trust mm-hmm. you know that was that that is the that was the best gift I've ever had was to be able to be in community with you and to hear you tell us the truth Mm. to not sugarcoat stuff so that Mm. I knew exactly what I was going to be in for and that I would know that, you know, this is how it's going to be, but Mm -hmm. that you would be there. You got, all of you Mm. would be there and I wouldn't be alone. And that was just a beautiful experience. And if, if anybody watched us as a group, in Connecticut, they know that it's not just fluff, that you didn't just put us out there as a fluff. We were, we are all friends now and we are, we are close and, and we know what each other has been through and what our struggles Mm -hmm. are. And that makes for not only a good writing partner as Monica has been for me, but um, in, in community, you can get anything done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is such a good, like a tagline, like in community, you can get anything done because Mm -hmm. it is to me, it's, you know, it's that rising tide floats all boats. I've written books myself in a silo. You know, we talked about this one being number seven, but you know, we have a a virtual writing hour that we've been, that we just started on Fridays. And I was on the virtual, even though it's my virtual writing hour for for other people, I'm like, I'm going to come because I got stuff to do for my own work. (laughs) So like, you know, like to me, it's like having people around you who are on the struggle bus with you together. Cause it really is, this is not a process for the faint of heart. Like it is not mm-hmm. always an easy process, but it doesn't have to be difficult either, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think when people have the right parameters in place and they have the right people around them, they can do anything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your cohort in particular, because there was four of you in it and three of you are like neck and neck for the finish line. I think this might be <laughs> like a, um, it might be, I'm gonna have to look. Cause I don't think we've had a cohort where, three are like all neck and neck and getting their books out. Like how amazing is that? Mm -hmm. And like, I know for you and Monica, I'm sure your ongoing commitment to each other once the program ended really was the catalyst for both of you finishing this, like crossing this finish line. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. I think you're right. And being able to like, because I'm a little bit ahead of her, you know, I would, I would talk about something and she said, let me write that down. Cause I'm going to be facing that. And I want to know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's that is that really nice way of sharing information and and also getting information and and not and holding each other accountable. And you mm-hmm. put that in place because even before we did it on our own, we were scheduled for those times to write with each other just mm-hmm. through PYP and your reminders. You are you writing today? <laughs> You're supposed to be writing today. <laughs> and that was those little prompts that came up on your calendar. It's like, "Ooh, right." I will. I, I promise, Jen. <laughs> I like to entertain myself at the same time. Like I just, right. <laughs> it, the littlest things amuse me. So like, just instead of like blocking out like mid mid writing time, like I'd rather be like, are you writing today? Cause like, you That's know, right. I'm like omnipresent and I'm looming, right. like waiting. I feel your presence. 
<laughs> that is my goal is to just feel like, okay, all right. I can't, I can't let her down because it's not letting me down. It's letting yourself down if you don't right. do it, but it's right. that added push. It's like the tiniest little things that someone else can put in front of you that really are the thing to help you cross that finish line or not. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love so much of just, I love that we were able to celebrate just two weeks ago. That was yeah amazing and just yes. brings me joy on such a level that I can't describe because it is that time where everyone is together in person and you've been mm-hmm. seeing the same face for years and then you actually get to physically hug them and you know that then there's people who you're like hey you two might have crossed in a zoom room but there's something there's something here and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden like there's another new friendship born and so right. it was beautiful that we were able to kind of celebrate in that way. And you were able to be selling copies of your book to like, yes. you know, you have your pre-orders and then you had like your sneak peek at our event in Hartford, but yeah. now like the book comes out on Wednesday. And so to me, this is where like the rubber meets the road, right? Like, cause now you've been putting it out in a very, um, I don't want to say coordinated effort. Cause that sounds more than I mean it, but like a very intentional effort, right? You've yes. been sent like your listeners of this podcast, cause they know you, they love you. They've been waiting for this to come out. So you have your pre-orders mm-hmm. from that. You came to Hartford, which is a safe space, like a very intentionally created safe space where there's not going to be some a-hole in the room. Who's like, <laughs> that's a bunch of garbage. Like yeah. no one can be gay with, you know what I mean? Like you're not yeah. gonna have a heckler in a mm-hmm. crowd that I have, I have curated and you're mm-hmm. not going to have the heckler listening to your, but they're not going to be that dedicated. And I know you've gotten your, your fair share of people being jerks on the internet. Cause we all yes. have them. Yes. So with all of that, like pre-celebration, it is now the ninth and the book is out on the 11th. Yes. So what is running through your mind in the, like now, like in this exact moment. And then like, are there things that are just kind of like circling of like, okay, like I am days from like really exposing myself to anyone who has, you know, a keyboard in an opinion. Yeah. Well, like you said, I've already gotten some, some pushback on Instagram and I've already, and, and, and Sue asked me, she was very worried that that would affect me emotionally. And I told her, I said, I really, I'm, I'm in such a solid place now with my relationship with the God of my understanding that, that, that feedback does not bother me. Here's what bothered me. And it just happened this week. I had joined an LGBTQ group online based out of Asheboro, North Carolina, (laughs) the reddest state that we can meet. And I have a a kind of a a spiritual group that kind of meets up too, but we haven't met since the pandemic. But this group just started. So I thought, hey, I'll give them a shot. I joined. (laughs) And I've just kind of been watching and seeing who's joining and how. And I know some of the people that are joining and that's cool. And that's cool. And they went to the fall festival. And they couldn't meet up. They couldn't find each other. And I was watching this banter back and forth because they opened up this chat that I got pulled into. And I'm like, now I'm not even there. And I'm watching all this banter. And I finally said, I think you guys, one of you is at the Brightside Gallery. And that's at the end of the street near the, you know, and I, and I just put out that location. And there was like, oh, okay, we're coming that way. And I thought, great. Well, then later I get a chat. We didn't take a picture. I can't believe we were all there for the first time together and we didn't take a picture. And I said, well, if you want to get a picture of the group, come to my event on the 21st. I'm going to be at the brewery downtown to launch my book, Gay with Goddard. And I get an immediate response from the admin that says, let's not bring religion into this. And Mm -hmm. I thought, what? And I was so taken aback. I thought, "You're, you're my people. 
(laughs) I should be able to be authentically me. And even though I'm not going to preach to you and I'm not going to try to save you, quotes unquote, I'm not going to expect you to do it my way, but Mm -hmm. I should be able to be me in this group Mm -hmm. of inclusive LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. Apparently not. So I left the group (laughs) because I know at this point, I'm not there to preach and teach. I was there to be me mm-hmm. in a group and to be accepted as mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And so that's not my, well, the admin's not my group. Maybe other people in the group would have been thinking, but I'm, I haven't done my live post about that yet, although I'm doing mm-hmm. it here. Um, but I, I, I do want to speak to that because if you're going to run an LGBTQ group, you want to celebrate with each other. You want mm-hmm. to be able to support each other. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, or if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that. But mm-hmm. if there's people in the group that would want to support this book mm-hmm. and want to hear more, then don't mm-hmm. shut it down for everybody just because it happens to be a religious topic. Yeah. 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 That's so, you know, it's so interesting because I feel like as the LGBTQ community, in some ways, we are forced under one umbrella Yes, over something that really isn't a common denominator. It's just who we are, right? Like it, it's like forcing a bunch of straight people together because they're straight. Yeah. Like it doesn't actually make sense. Yeah. And we preach inclusivity, but only when it's convenient for us. Mm-hmm. So if it is something that is a religious belief that doesn't match the, the, the majority, if it's a political belief that doesn't match the majority, mm-hmm immediately you're outcast. And I feel like we do such a disservice to ourselves as a community by alienating people who don't immediately believe and view things the way we do. And it's not us being inclusive in any way, shape or form. Like to me, this is a prime example of being very exclusionary as a community. And I don't think that's fair because if they gave you one second to speak or knew you in any way, they would know that you are not, you're not Bible thumping over here. You know what I mean? No, no. So, um, it's just so unfortunate. And I feel like you're probably going to get a whole lot more of that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am. And just, you know, there, it's really hard to be in the South. And I, and I did like a, I don't know if it was TikTok or Instagram, because, you know, I'm 64 and I don't understand these things, but I did something. <laughs> but you're on them. <laughs> I did one of them. <laughs> and, and I, I talked about how hard it is to be in the South and to have this memoir because, you know, churches, by and large, don't want me because I'm gay. And yet I lost LGBTQ friends because I went back to church. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. where's a gay girl in the South supposed to <laughs> market this book, Gay with God? Because <laughs> yeah. nobody wants me. <laughs> yeah. But there yeah, are like going a, to- a Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're going to, all I've said all along is this, this is what I was told to do. Now, God, mm-hmm. put it somewhere. <laughs> Tell me where to put it. Tell me who to speak to. Because that's yeah. that's all I know. That's all I know. I was called to do it. I did it. I showed mm-hmm. up. And now I'm ready to let it take on where it's supposed to be. And maybe it's not. It. I wrote it for the LGBTQ group who are searching to reclaim mm-hmm. their faith. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for parents of gay kids. Maybe it's for someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm open to all possibilities. And I'll put it wherever it needs to be. And I think what is beautiful about this book is that this book can and will save someone's life without a doubt. 
without a doubt. That is like a hundred percent guarantee in my, at least my estimation. Yeah. And not every book can say that, right? Like not every book has that, that level of like magnitude and weight behind it. And so even if you are dealing with hecklers in a crowd or some jerk admin in a Facebook group or a group text or whatever nonsense BS is going to come your way (laughs) or some pride event who inevitably is going to be like, we don't want to bring religion in here. Like you're going to have all kinds of garbage. Right. But at least you have that anchor point of knowing that you have the, the stamina, the willpower, the determination and the zero Fs given to whatever crap is going to roll down at you. Right. And you're almost like a shield, right? Like it's almost like you're a shield because you're taking in all the bullshit that then you're blocking because then there's still someone behind you that's going to be listening to you and you're blocking out all that noise so they can see, uh-huh. oh, wow, I can be gay with God, right? Uh-huh. Because I think that is such a powerful statement like that I that I can be gay with God and I love that you always use the God of your understanding I think that is such a beautiful way to be inclusive of everybody and you you, that's just how like you are so inclusive in everything and how you approach things so I feel like I can't wait for that moment where someone reaches out to you and it is a heartfelt and everyone will be sobbing type of letter that shows that your book will change their life and and save their life because it's going to happen just a matter of how long it takes to get one Well, it's interesting you said that because one of the members of the Gay With God Facebook group, actually, I got to meet him in person this year and he came to my house for dinner. And that's what he said. He -hmm. said, he said, if I hadn't found you and the Gay With God group and your podcast, I wouldn't have probably been here. Mm. And um, he can't wait for the memoir. You know, all that group is very excited. Mm. They did pre-orders before I even finished the book. I mean, they really did. They had already, it was like, and then it was like, well, I got to, I got to write it. They've already bought it. <laughs> like, slow down. I got to get, I got it written here. And they were like, I'm like, guys, this is a journey. <laughs> we started in January with those ask me anything once mm-hmm. a month conversations and me sharing little tidbits of the book and mm-hmm. what was going on. And and they, they pre-ordered as soon as it was able to be pre-ordered, man, they were on it. And they, mm-hmm. they've had their book probably since March of last year, their, their pre-order. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I can't quit. Nope. Nope. <laughs> You're expecting a book. <laughs> it's beautiful accountability. That's right. That's right. I ain't paying it back. <laughs> well, I'm excited for what's to come because I know that there's going to be all kind of, kinds of goodness. And as you said at the top of this, like you'll be with me on Wednesday where I'm launching my book and yes. you're launching your book that day. And it's yep. going to be us and like 14 other people because, yes. you know, everyone just says yes without any, I have no agenda. I got to figure that out this afternoon. <laughs> I have no idea. I was just like, I'm launching my book. I, I don't want it to be like just me, just like you didn't want the same thing. Like, right. Yeah. Like it's just different when you can have a conversation rather than being like, I'm so great. Go buy my book. Like no one, it's not yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be us with a bunch of other people having, mm-hmm. you know, just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm excited for that and excited for the 24th as well when we get to, or 25th. I don't know why I can't seem to remember the date that week. <laughs> I, don't, I can't um, either. <laughs> <laughs> that week where you get to be on my, my channels and yes. we can have a conversation yes. too, where we can point people back to this conversation where we're able to really go into a lot more depth than right. I think that, you know, like more emotional depth because I oh. try to be, I try to find, no, no, this, this, you're like, oh God, what have I done? More um, than this? No. <laughs> more than no, this? No, this, this I think is a good example of emotional depth. Um, Because there's some things that I want to talk about, but I'm like, yeah. sometimes it's, I don't know, sometimes like I have to find the balance of where someone's willing to go and not push 
too hard. Like I can oh. usually find that balance intuitively. You know that that I am an open book. Ha ha. And um, I do. and I, I, I will I'll answer any question you ask. If, and if I don't know the answer, I'll have to go back and ask my mama. But um, <laughs> it is the 25th that I'm with you again. Okay. So that's awesome. Right. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting me take over your show oh, and ask a million you. questions. <laughs> thank you. I'll go take a shower now. <laughs> sweating. So thank you, Jen. I appreciate you so much. And I can't wait for other people. I know that your book, Publish Your Purpose, is going off the charts already at number one of reviews and lots of reviews. And you, you're busting it out the moon. So um, I, I can't wait to go through this book again. I've lived it with you. Now I'm going to read it. <laughs> I was, yep. I was living learning it live. So, so thank you for being here. So You're guys, and thank you for listening and sharing and for pre-ordering my book. And for when I list this, I'm going to put not only Jen's link in um, the show page so that you can start your own journey of publishing your book because everybody has a story and Jen's the one to publish it. I'm also going to put a link to a way for you to get a free ebook because for me right at this point it's all about visibility and for the next five days i have a link for you to get a free ebook and i only ask that if you would please write a review so that we can get this book visible because as you've seen from this podcast <laughs> not everybody wants to see it but we need to get it out to the people who do want to see it so i have a free link and anybody who wants the free ebook can get it just please write a review so we can get it into the hands of people who need it and check out our facebook group gay with god where we do our monthly zoom group entitled my faith journey if you need support and help coming out or your faith journey go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com scroll all the way down to the bottom and ask how you can connect, uh, see how you can connect with me. And if you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQI plus or not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned and see how you can join the gay with God community. And remember, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.